Okay, never skimp on this item. What is it? We're going to talk about it this week on the podcast, and we're going to talk about two things you should never expect out of life. Oh, I'm excited for this one. It's the uh, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything podcast. Thanks for checking us out. Let's get started right now. Okay, so I just got back from vacation yesterday. I was in Colorado, and you might have heard me or saw me talk about this on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And as a vacation highlight, it really wasn't a highlight, but it was definitely a learning experience. And what is this podcast all about? What's the book all about? It's about learning from things from each other so you don't make the same mistakes that I did. And then once in a while, you'll teach me something that I probably didn't know from a mistake that you made. We got some emails to cover, but let's get right to the experience in Colorado. So uh, you can see the picture of this on my social media, at Dave Ryan, KDWB, at Dave Ryan on Twitter, uh, at Dave Ryan KW on Twitter, that is. And also, you can see it on our Facebook page for Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I sunburned my eyeballs. I was out on a motorcycle with cheap sunglasses that I got online. I got a three-pack. So if you, you know, like you want clear sunglasses to keep the bugs out of your eyes, just clear with no shade, then you want the shade ones for bright sunny days, and then you want the yellow ones for riding like in twilight or sometimes at night or whatever. And uh, I bought a three-pack of these. I don't know if they were 12 bucks or 15 bucks or something. I'm like, damn, what a deal. Didn't even think about whether they were UV protected or not. They were not. And so after riding one day, two days, the end of day three, it started to feel like my eye, my right eye was just a little, a little itchy. And it almost felt like I had a cold in my eye. You know how when you have a cold in your eye and your eye waters a lot, and you start your nose starts to run a little bit? And it was just very sensitive. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was about an hour away from being done. So I just kind of put up with it. For the next, you know, the next morning, I woke up and, and I felt okay. My, my eye was okay. So I got on the bike and I'm riding across southern Colorado. And about an hour or so into the day, that right eye really started to bug me. And I was doing that thing where you're, you know, when you're trying not to go to sleep or trying to keep your eyes open and you're literally, you're shaking your head from side to side, like twitching, like trying to get your eyes to open up. And I'm riding, doing that. And I'm going, this is not a good idea. I'm on a motorcycle in the mountains on a two lane road with traffic coming towards me at 60 miles an hour or more. And I'm twitching my head to try to keep my eyes open. So I pulled over and I, what did I do? I think I took out my contact and tried to see if that would do better. Um, that didn't work. So then I eventually pulled over, got an eye patch at a Walgreens in Alamosa, Colorado, put it on, rode one eyed over Levita Pass, about a hundred mile ride from Alamosa to Walsenburg, whatever it was. And I did it with one eye and one eye that wasn't completely corrected. Um, cause that's my near distance contact, whatever, boring details, but holy shit, it, I, I couldn't do it without the eye patch and with the eye patch on, I could at least keep one eye open and I was doing okay. So I got to Walsenburg, took the eye patch off. My eye patch was rested up. My, my eye was rested up. Okay. And I was able to get all the way back home another 120, 150 miles, something like that, from Walsenburg to Black Forest, Colorado, end of story. Well, not quite the end, because I was in Walmart a couple of days later just to check out my theory. 
And yeah, if the glasses are UV rated, it'll say something like UV 400 on the glasses. If they are not, if they're novelty glasses or cheap shit from Walmart, and you can get UV rated sunglasses from Walmart, but you can also get cheap shit that's just fashion, and that's probably fine for a day you know, out on the golf course or just a day on the boat or whatever. But if you're going to be outside for a long time, get the UV rated sunglasses. So there is a perfect example of me learning something the hard way. Good God! You would think that at my age I'd be done learning things the hard way. Apparently not. Hey, there's one thing I want to mention here, and it might have already happened, I'm not sure. If it hasn't happened, it might happen soon. The company is inserting ads, and it might come up at any second in this podcast. And it's supposed to happen exactly five minutes in. So it might happen just about right now. And if it did happen, great. But if it didn't happen, then I just want to let you watch out for that because the company iHeartRadio is uh, on our podcast. They're trying to monetize all our podcasts. Hey, why not? They're in the business to make money. Um, uh, and But there's a they insert ads into the podcast at somewhat unpredictable times. And I want you to do me a favor, or I can listen to it myself, I guess, and let me know, did you hear an ad in this podcast? And if you heard an ad, was it relevant and was it annoying? And did you skip past it? Hey, listen, when I'm listening to a podcast, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not stupid. Everybody hits that plus 30 or plus 15 second skip button to get past the blue apron or the, uh, um, uh, what's the other one about grammar, Grammarly. Um, uh, I always skip past those. And if I skip too far, I guess skip back and, and join in where I left off. Um, so let me know. Let me know what your experience is with that, whether there was um, commercials and whether they were relevant, what it was for, and whether it's different on each one. Send me an email to Ryan at kdwb.com. Okay. I was out for a walk today, and um, you know, Sundays for me, this is actually, it's not a Sunday, it's a Monday, but the day before the work week starts is never a day off for me. People are like, hey, Dave, let's go do something, let's go play golf on a Sunday, or the day before the work week, and I'm like, Sundays aren't really a day off for me. Sundays, um, they're nonstop. Uh, there's so much to do to get ready for the week, and uh, I wish it were a day off, but the only day I truly get off is Saturday. And I get off Friday afternoon with nothing to do on Sunday. But on Sunday, I've been working all day. But I was out on a walk with Susan and Josie earlier today. And we were talking about Carson. Carson is off at school. And he's been gone for a couple of weeks now, a week and a half. And, and you know, he is in his sophomore year. And he is 900,000 miles away in Boston. And you start to do this thing where you wonder... He doesn't really he doesn't really call very often, and he doesn't really text very often. And you start you, you wish that your kid was like you know calling and texting and you know one of those kids like on TV and movies where they're really close to mom and dad and and they text all the time and they call all the time. Carson's not really that way. Um, I wouldn't say really any of my kids are really that way. They text enough, but you start to wonder. Did I do everything right? If you're a parent, this is one of the questions you absolutely ask yourself, probably as they get older, but probably any time when they're, you know, you're, they're your kid. Did I do okay? Did I raise them right? What do they think of me? 
how do they really feel about me? Sometimes you know, I guess, if there's a kid who tells you all the time, I love you, Mom, I love you, Dad, and they always want to spend time with you, whatever, then there's no doubt. But you start to wonder. And then I, I, I thought of something that I think is really true, that we should never expect in life. And that is to never expect either to be the perfect parent or to have the perfect parents. You know, if you're lucky enough to have both parents still in your life and still around, uh, that's great. But however many parents you have, don't expect them to be perfect. And I think sometimes we're shocked when we find out that our parents weren't perfect. I've known, I've known a lot of people who said, yeah, my mom cheated on my dad or my dad cheated on my mom or my dad, you know, used to blow money on stuff without telling my mom about it. And my dad drank too much or my mom, you know, had a gambling problem or whatever it is. And it kind of shocks us and disillusions us a little bit when we get older and we realize that our mom and dad weren't perfect. You know, when we're five or 10 years old, we think our mom and dad are superheroes. And we get older and realize, oh, they really weren't. I can name a lot of things, not a lot, not a whole lot of things uh, about my mom and dad. They were far from perfect. My dad was definitely very standoffish and not loving and uh, was a little bit too tough on us sometimes. And I think he might have cheated on my mom because uh, my mom said, yeah, your dad got VD one time off a toilet seat. Now, VD was what they called it back then. STD is what we call it now. Um, uh, I, I used to believe that. Oh, dad got VD off a toilet seat. Now that I'm older, I'm like, there's no fucking way that dad got VD off of a toilet seat. So... You know, did he cheat on mom? I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. He was good to me. Um, uh, you know, there were things that my mom did. She was way too dirty, way too inappropriate around us kids. Um, uh, she swore up this way and down this way, and she coined phrases like, uh, oh, what was one that she said? You, she told me one time, she said, you make my ass sick. And I'm like, wow. That's not a nice thing to say to your 10, 12-year-old son, but she did. I wanted to borrow money to buy a magic trick, and she said, you make my ass sick. Now, that is not the perfect parent, but I don't hold that against her because she made up for it in lots of other ways. So I realized out on the walk today, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Do not expect to have a perfect parent. Thing number two that reminded me of that Susan and I were talking on this walk, and we realized, you know what? There's always going to be somebody that has more than you do. If you make good money, let's say you're making six figures now, and you've got your degree, and you're doing great, and maybe your combined income with your spouse or whatever, you're doing really well. Well, guess what? There's always going to be somebody who's doing better than you. And Susan and I admitted, we said, you know... If you look at the houses on Lake Minnetonka that are $14 million homes on Lake Minnetonka, I don't fault those people for having more than me. Why? Because life isn't fair. So what is the other thing that you can't expect? You can't expect life to be fair. And I think that there's so many illustrations of how life is unfair all over the place if you look around. Uh, you look at somebody who's really, really attractive and how unfair that is to somebody who's not attractive. You look at somebody who's really unattractive or somebody who didn't grow up with money 
or somebody who didn't grow up with good parents or somebody who didn't grow up with good health or somebody who has amazing athleticism or maybe somebody who's really short or somebody who's really a large person. Life is not fair. And I don't think there's any way, I'm not going to make this political, but there's no way that you can um, uh, have, that there's a word for it, that you can force Light, legislate. You can't, that's what it is. There's no way you can legislate fairness. You really just can't. You can't make somebody who has short legs ever qualify to play in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you can't make somebody who can't run fast be an Olympic track star. You can't legislate fairness. You can't take somebody who looks like me and put them in a, uh, I don't know, uh, make me a model. Because you can't legislate attractiveness. There's certain things that the government just can't do. Life is not fair. You and I got to get used to it. And sometimes it still annoys me. I mean, I look at some people who are really outgoing. They're 15 years old and they're really outgoing. And they're really funny. And they're so comfortable around everybody. It's like, God... I wish I was like that. I wish I was comfortable around everybody. I wish I made everybody feel like they were my friend. What a gift. Life's not fair. Um, you look at somebody who's really athletic, and you know you see them when you're out for a run or you were out for a walk. You're slowly walking your dog, thinking about what you're going to get at Subway for lunch. And here comes somebody who is sleek and athletic and muscular, and they're zipping by you, and they look great. They look amazing. And then there's you and me. Hey, maybe you're lucky enough to be one of those, you know, athletic people. Maybe you're lucky enough to be extremely attractive or you were born with a lot of money. Um, life is not fair. So you and I have to get used to it. I'm going to credit this quote to Pat Eberts' dad. Pat Eberts used to work on my show from 93 until about 2000, I want to say. And Pat Ebers' dad, Pat used to say, well, my dad said, if you're going to wait for life to get fair, you're going to sit around doing a lot of waiting. Something like that. And I thought, that's really true. Life is not fair. So, going back, two things not to expect. Your parents to be perfect and life to be fair. You can try to make things as fair as you can, but guess what? There's always going to be a popular kid in school, and there's always going to be the shy kid that has a couple of friends in school. So, uh, all right, let's move on to emails. And uh, got a couple of emails that came in to uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Here we go with an email from Shane. Shane says, I'm not sure, hi Dave, not sure whether you actually read this or not. I'm sure you get a lot of emails, I read all of them. But I just wanted to say thank you. I'm going through a really hard time right now. I'm about six months sober and really struggling through the virus. I'm very grateful to be sober. Unfortunately, I got addicted to pain medication for herniated discs in my back. Anyhow, I'm struggling, but grateful. I've listened to your morning show since I was probably five years old. I'm 30 now. My, that blows me away. My mom and I would always listen to War of the Roses and laugh so hard. I've started listening to the Minnesota Goodbye and now your Take a Shower podcast. When I listen to you, I get out of my own head and focus on something. I think you could be a motivational speaker. You're so honest with everything you say and take a shower, and it helps me, and I try to apply it in my life. You also make me laugh my ass off through your morning show. Anyway, 
Thought I should let you know that you make my life better, and thank you for everything you do. I'm trying to get my girlfriend into your podcast, but you may be an acquired taste. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, Dave. Shane. Shane, thank you. You know what? Or probably animal and acquired taste. But I appreciate your listening. And you know what? Six months sober, I've never dealt with addiction really personally on my own. Um, uh, so I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, I wrote back to Shane and I said, you know what? I don't know anything about addiction, but don't relapse. Because I think that I read that if you relapse on anything, whether it's smoking or whether it's drinking, probably drugs as well, gambling, uh, recovering from a relapse is really hard. Hey, don't take me at my word on that one. Look it up, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. So I said, Shane, you know what? Six months, that's a really amazing thing. That's a great milestone. So Shane, hope you're listening to the podcast. Shout out to you. Here's one from Susie. Uh, Susie Johnson says, hi, Dave. Just listen to your latest podcast about getting your job in Las Vegas, uh, which I talked about a couple of weeks on the ago on the podcast. Uh, about how it was exactly this time of the year when I was 21 years old that I started my job in Las Vegas. Heck, it might have even been on this very date. Today is September 7th, I want to say. Yeah, September 7th. It may have been this very date that I started my first real morning show in Las Vegas at KLUC. Anyway, she said, when you said you didn't get any emails or get many emails, um, I wanted to share something that you might find interesting. I found your show on the iHeart app probably in 2009 or 2010, and the story of how I found it was random. I'd taken a job in Seattle while my husband and his son were still living in Spokane and so my son could finish high school about 300 miles away. I would listen to the Spokane classic rock station on iHeart in the mornings because they would do the weather and local news that made me feel connected to my family while we were apart. So there was a string of days when their show wasn't streaming on iHeart, and I started searching through the app trying to get it to play. I finally gave up, but then noticed a bunch of other shows from around the country. The only reason I found yours was because it said, The Dave Ryan Show, now with nearly seven listeners. Or something close to that, which was super funny. Now, I'll stop right there and say that's exactly what the tagline we did. Because everybody on iHeart, you could say, Hey, the, the, the whatever, the uh, Dave and Jenny Show. Uh, with more variety and family-friendly. But you had to come up with your own tagline. So it could be like the Fallon and Tina show um, with lots of laughs and, um, uh, and pop culture facts, whatever. You had to come up with your own tagline. I came up with the Dave Ryan in the Morning Show now with nearly seven listeners because I thought that would stand out from all the other lame names that people would come up with like you know, um, uh, pop culture with plenty of music and fun for your family. Fuck that. So I said, the Dave Ryan Show now with nearly seven listeners, because I thought that would send the message that our show is funny. Because obviously, who would brag about having nearly seven listeners? And over the years, I've heard from many people who said that that's how they found our show. They were thumbing through iHeartRadio, found our tagline, and thought, oh, this could be a funny show, and they've listened to it ever since. So... I must have done something right that day. Anyway, she says, I don't listen every day, but I still listen a few times a month, and I know it's your job to promote iHeart and their app, but honestly, I hate their app. It's constantly crashing or wanting me to log on repeatedly on both my new iPad and iPhone, so I know it's not the device, so I only listen via podcast. That really is frustrating to me. Stop again here for a second. That's frustrating to me because iHeart is a great app, but it's certainly not perfect. And one of the things that I hear 
is that iHeart sometimes will start repeating commercials. So we'll say, hey, we'll be right back after this with War of the Roses. Hang on. That's during the live broadcast on iHeart. And it'll start playing commercials over and over and over for 25 minutes until finally people go, fuck this, I give up, I'm not listening anymore. So it's not perfect. Anyway, she says, I've never lived in Minnesota. Wouldn't want to because wouldn't want to because of the severe winters, but I do have some second cousins who live in the area. I was there for a few days back in 76 for a family wedding. I remember staying with my great aunt who lived in Belle Plaine. So I have a small Minnesota connection, but honestly, I wouldn't recognize any of my distant relatives if I walked right past them. Uh, anyway, thank you for your show and for always being genuine and funny. You mentioned that listeners from around the country have good stations in their own cities, so it's flattering that they listen to you. I know Seattle is a big market, but I'm not really a fan of the morning show personalities here. They're okay. They're just not my thing. Thanks again for your show, Susie. Susie, I'm going to tell you, there is no greater bit of flattery than to have somebody who's never been in Minnesota prefer us over your own local show. I don't know what it is that our show has. I think we have great chemistry. We like each other. We get along most of the time. We click well together. We compliment each other. And I think a lot of radio DJs try really hard to be cool. They try really hard to say, look at what I bought, or look at where I've traveled, or look at how at, look at how cool I am on Facebook, or look at the cause that I donated to, or look at this beautiful Instagram picture that I posted, or look at this great thing that I've achieved, and look at how fucking cool I am. And a lot of DJs don't realize they're doing it. And I think a lot of DJs, to dig in this a little bit deeper, a lot of them are, were kind of like the social outcasts back when they were a kid or back in their you know formative years in middle school or high school or even college. And now they're on the radio and they're kind of popular. And maybe they're making good money for the first time. So now here is their opportunity to look really cool. And I think sometimes it kind of backfires because I don't think that people who listen to our show want to hear us talk about the badass trips we've been on or the really cool thing that we bought. And we'll mention it once in a while. Hey, listen, I went to Japan a year and a half ago, and I was blown away. And I talk about it not to say, I went to Japan, look how fancy I am. I think if you heard me talk about going to Japan, I hope you caught my attitude about it, which was, holy shit, I'm a kid from Black Forest, Colorado, who growing up traveled in a Volkswagen bus to Montana once a year, and that was my vacation. To travel to the other side of the world and experience an entirely different land and culture blows me away. And I think that's how we want to come across. Yeah, Fallon might buy a $450 piece of modern art, which I wouldn't buy a $450 piece of modern art. But I hope the way it comes across is, here's, here's me, Fallon. I grew up with nothing, nothing. And I saw this and I thought it was beautiful and I liked the artist and I wanted to put it in my home. Um, I don't think I would ever want to hear Fallon or anybody on our show go, yes, well, I've always been a big fan of modern art, so I bought this because it's really beautiful and I get what the artist was saying. I don't think that's it at all. Anyway, and I think a lot of DJs, to wrap this up, Stacy, I think a lot of, Susie, I'm sorry, Susie, um, I think a lot of DJs sometimes lose their audience by trying to be really cool. Okay, that's all I've got for this week on the podcast. Next week on the podcast, I'm going to give you a preview. Why and how a great song is like an orgasm. 
there's a real analogy here that I came across on vacation. A great song is like an orgasm. And I'll explain it to you next week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, check out our Facebook page for the picture of the sunburned eye. Do that. Uh, also, uh, don't forget the book is still, I think there's maybe a few copies of the book available, but it might be sold out. I truly don't know. We were under 50 copies, and I think they might all be gone. Um, uh, there's always a Kindle version. You can get that on Amazon to get the book. And uh, email. I was going to leave you with the email address because I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if you heard an ad pop up during the podcast anywhere and whether it was relative or relevant or annoying. And let me know anything else that you want to comment on about the podcast or something you'd like to talk about. Dave Ryan at KDWB.com. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything. Mm-hmm.